empty. When things are empty, I think it automatically brings up a negative connotation. After all, the famous example of the difference between an optimist and a, a pessimist is that, of course, an optimist seems like a, sees a glass and it's half full of water, whereas a pessimist sees it as half empty. We tend to think as empty as there is a lack of something. Something is missing when things are empty, and we normally associate that with something that is not good. Can't help but notice that as this small little group of disciples gathers today to celebrate the beginning of the most holy week of the year, this church is empty, largely. And it very much feels like something is terribly wrong. Now, I know that there are hundreds of people right now joining us live, and we'll watch this later. But still, it just feels wrong. There should be on this day loud cries of Hosanna and lots of people processing around the neighborhood with our palms and proclaiming loudly to the whole world that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Instead, this year's Holy Week is marked by an emptiness. I'd like to look at several ways today in which our scripture readings use this image of what is full and what is empty. First, we see the apostles, and especially St. Peter. If we had to look at them, we see that at the Last Supper, remember Jesus has already prophesied several times to his disciples, we are going to Jerusalem. There the Son of Man will be tested and tried. He'll be handed over by the chief priests, and the Romans will crucify him. And on the third day, he will rise again. Jesus has told them all these things so that they would be prepared when it happens. And yet, if we look at the Last Supper, are the apostles empty or full? I would say the apostles are full of themselves at the Last Supper, full of confidence, at least. Jesus says, one of you will betray me. Oh, no, no, surely not I. Not, not I, Lord. Not, no, not, not I. Full. They are full of confidence. They are so full that there is no room for them to even hear Jesus's words that said, get ready, prepare, we're going to enter into the test. But they are too full of confidence. The great triumphal entry into Jerusalem has filled their heads with thoughts of glory, and we see how large and triumphant the church had gotten. Most of the disciples were thinking, this is the moment. Jesus is, is entering into his, his own city, Jerusalem. He is the King of David. Now is the time when the Romans will be overthrown. Jesus will be installed as King, and our entire life is about to change. This is going to be amazing. They are riding so high that they are filled with overconfidence. And so they have not heeded the words of Jesus. Here again, it is good to be empty, not full. 
better to be empty. We see again, as they are questioned, Peter is the, the quintessential example of this. Ever, all of them, it says, have said, eh, no, Lord, it can't be I. I would never do that. And, and Peter, I mean, he just doubles down. Lord, even if I would have to, to go and suffer and die with you, I will never deny you. Peter has always been incredibly confident, and that is certainly to be seen on the night of Holy Thursday. And of course, Jesus tries to get him to empty himself a little bit by saying, Peter, before this night is over, before the cock even crows. And if you think about it, what he's saying there is there are roosters all over the place. I mean, before the cock crows, that's, that's pretty quick. I mean, that's almost like before a car goes by today, Jesus is saying, you're going to deny me three times. Peter can't even believe it. He's so full of himself. Okay. Then we see again, they go out to the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus tells them, watch, pray. That same warning he's given to them, be ready, pray that you don't enter into the test. Watch, pray. They don't do it. They're so filled at this point with, with wine and food from the meal and singing and joy that they're asleep. They are filled with slumber at this point. What a great kind of image that is for most of our world for a lot of modern times. Filled with the pleasures of the world, wine, food, entertainment, drink, whatever it is. If you had to look at our world just from the exterior lately, you would say we are full. We've got, at least in the Western world, everything that we need and more. Like the apostles, we were too full. There was no room for Jesus, and there was no urgency on our part to pray, to pray against failing the test. And so what happens when finally Judas comes, who is again filled with himself, Judas filled with his ideas of who the Messiah should be, filled with his lust for money and greed, full of all kinds of things, except Jesus. And to Jesus, he comes and he goes down in history as the one who betrayed him, as if that sums up the entire life of Judas. But we know that's not it. Judas was chosen by Jesus to be one of the apostles, but in the end, he's full of himself, full of his own ideas, and betrays our Lord in the most disgusting way with a kiss of peace, a kiss of friendship. Finally, we see that Jesus, filled with love of his Father, chooses to do something very different from the apostles. St. Paul tells us in our second reading that Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, he's God himself, even he did not deem equality with God something that he could grasp. He was not going to allow himself to live just full of the divinity. It says, rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness. He was found in human appearance. What an amazing emptying. This is the, the great kind of history of the world that God would empty himself 
to become one of us. Here we see empty is good, even for Jesus Christ, God himself in the flesh. He emptied himself even of his own divinity, at least metaphorically speaking, so that he could enter in with us. See, if we're full of ourself, it's not just that there's no room for God. There's no room for anybody else either. When you know that you are empty, then you know that there's room for others. Jesus's emptiness is such a profound emptiness that he allows that emptiness to be filled with all the sins and transgressions of the entire world. He takes on our fallen condition. Our job then is to follow after Christ our head, to do what the apostles would not do, to prepare well for the test. Now, on the one hand, today is the beginning of Holy Week. And, and so on this Palm Sunday, we know that the events that are spoken of in the passion of Jesus are yet to happen, really. We read the, the passion today, and it always seems kind of off-putting to me that at the beginning of Mass, we're, we're singing, Oh, glory, laud, and honor, and normally waving our palm branches. And then just like 10 minutes later, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And then we're, Jesus is on the cross, and he's dead, and he's in the tomb, and, and it's only been like 20 or 25 minutes. It seems like it goes so fast. And so maybe we should consider Palm Sunday and the, the beginning of Holy Week as kind of a little preview, maybe a, a last warning. Say, like Jesus said to the apostles, don't be overconfident. Don't think you know what to expect, even from this Holy Week today, 2,000 years later. God has something he wants to do, something he wants to give us. Father Mark is, is fond of saying that we should be watching for that, that Easter miracle that Jesus will do for all of us. Well, that can't happen. That can't come if we are so full already that we don't think we have any need of anything. We will surely live this week as just an ordinary week and wonder why Easter seems kind of blah. But if we empty ourselves, just like those who fast, like we will do this week, when you are fasting, when you empty yourselves, you feel it. You know that there's emptiness, like this church that is empty feels like it needs something in it. What a great time it is to live Holy Week in this unique way this year. We, we have been emptied. So many of the things which, which we fill our life, entertainment and sports and, and all these things. I, I love to go out to restaurants and they're all closed. I can't go there and it's becoming too scary even to leave the house. And so there's, there's so much that's been taken away. And I think that probably we feel it. We, we feel an emptiness, a lack. And the first human thing that we always tend to do whenever we feel a lack is I gotta fill it. I gotta fill it. There's an emptiness. I'm, I'm desiring this. I'm, I'm sad and I want to be filled with joy again. How can I find it? Where do I get it? I feel like something is missing from my life. Where's the adventure? Where's the passion? My, my marriage doesn't feel right. It doesn't have the love that it should. My job isn't inspiring and 
we feel all this not enough, not enough, empty, empty, empty. I don't think I have enough. Well, the truth is we have more than enough. We are so full that we don't realize that we're actually missing the things we most need. So if you're feeling a lack right now, a bit of emptiness, good, good, stay with that. Don't try to fill it with, with other things, like I've got to play more video games to, you know, spend the time. Or No, no. Be at peace. Sit in the silence. Be comfortable with the uneasiness of the emptiness. If you do that, now you are able to be filled with God, filled with other new good things. The apostles would eventually learn their lesson from this. And under the light of the Holy Spirit, they would go out to all the world filled with the Spirit. But you can't be filled with the Spirit if you're already filled with the world. So today we get a preview of what's to come. We know where this week goes. And I invite you to enter into this week in probably a way that you've never been able to do before. As a family gathered at home, perhaps watching our live streamed liturgies, feeling a bit of emptiness and the sadness of not being together. But into that little group, Jesus will come. We know that the first Passover, notice Jesus did not go to the synagogue to celebrate Passover with a big group of people in a religious building. Passover was always celebrated in the home with the family. And that's what we'll do this year. I pray that we enter into then this, this emptiness. We follow Christ, our head, who emptied himself. Because we know the whole story. We know that, yes, we'll celebrate Holy Thursday and Good Friday. But we also know what's at the end of this week. If we empty ourselves, we will be filled with that great Easter miracle because we know that it is good to be empty and that on Easter Sunday morning, there's a very special place that is going to be empty, that remains empty to this day in Jerusalem, the tomb of Jesus. Empty is good. <laughs>